0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Good to see you online. I'm going to say my welcome to you as well. We are in the fourth and final week of our series that is called Heal This Land. Um, which is all about the biblical perspective for the environment. So if you're joining us in the room for the first time today or online, um, we say welcome. We're so glad that you're here. But a little bit of a recap of what we've looked at in this series so far. Week one, we talked about ecological design, uh, talking about God's uh, design and creative purpose in for everything in this world and the universe and how it is ultimately deemed to be good. It's so good. You know how good the, the, the world is from, the, from that vista on top of the mountain, through that sunset, a whole range of different things you may have seen, photos about the universe, you know on how good it is. Then week two, we talked about ecological stewardship, that God created us not merely to be the focus of his love, but also to be stewards of what he has created. And we uh, explored what it means for us to be stewards of the environment. But then last week, we spoke about the issue of ecological justice. Now, Most of us here, if not all of us, recognise there's something happening to our environment and all of us are being impacted by that. But we also recognise that it is the poor that gets adversely affected disproportionately more than anybody else. And so we recognize that there is something that God is wanting us to do in our stewardship of the environment to make sure that we also are conscious of the poor that we use the environment to help the poor and not actually um, cause them to be in any further disadvantage. So that's the first three weeks. But today we're going to be finishing off the series by looking at our ecological response. What are the things that we can be doing to actually fulfill the mandate that God has given us to be good ecological stewards. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. Now, last week, um, we looked at God's commands to his people about how they are to use and treat the land that they're going to come into as part of God's promise and bringing the, the people of Israel into the land that he had told Abraham about all those centuries earlier. And he was telling them about how they're going to go about the ecological management of that land, and also including Helping the poor, but interestingly, um, when they came into the land, the uh, the Israelites come into land. I know many of us know this: is that there was a change of leadership. Moses died and handed over the reins of leadership of the Israelite people to Joshua, and so Joshua brought the people into the land. And when in the early stages of that of the people being established in the land, Joshua did something really interesting. And I want to read to that a passage of that from the book that bears Joshua's name from the 24th chapter. And this is what Joshua said to the people of Israel that was gathered there that day. He said, now then, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord, our God and obey him. And on that day then, Joshua made a covenant for the people there at Sheshem, which in Shesham is a, a, a place of significance in the Old Testament. Um, and so he reaffirmed for them the decrees and the laws that God had given Moses. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. And then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. He said, see... He said this to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. This stone has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to the Lord your God. Now, the context here is that God had given the people lots of instructions about how and decrees and, and uh, guidance on how they are to live, but particularly when it came to the issues of idolatry, particularly when it came to issues of foreign gods. And, and and God's encouragement says, I don't want you to be focused on those useless, empty gods. I want you to be focused and devoted to me. I want you to be fo- focused on me, God says, the God of Yah- Yahweh, the God who's created everything and has brought you up out of slavery from Egypt and brought you into the land that I have promised you. And so, so that's what um, God wanted the people to be focused on. And that's the context for this passage. But the interesting thing is that Joshua set up this stone or a stone pillar in actual fact under this big oak tree. And as it said in the passage there, it's like those, the stones there heard the words of God and it was to be a testimony. It was to be a witness to the people, to remind them about all the things that God had told them about and all the things that the people had agreed to do. And that was quite significant because when things turned bad in the future, they could be drawn back to this stone pillar and saying, remember all the things that God has told you. Remember all the things that God has, that you have agreed to as following God. This is what this stone pillar is trying to tell you about. Now, that's for that, that time. But we have our equivalent today. We have our own stone. We have our own stone pillar that is to remind us of all the things that God has said to us. And it is actually a testimony. It is actually a witness against us when we don't follow what God has instructed us to do. And that stone is the entire planet. It is the stone that becomes the witness. Our planet is at the testimony against us when we have failed in following God's ways. It is the condition of this world that speaks to the way that we have actually fulfilled what God has wanted us to do or not done so. Particularly when it comes to our own idolatry of materialism and greed and expediency and apathy. The world, the condition of this stone, the condition of this planet actually speaks to us and against us in the way that we have fulfilled what God has wanted us to do as his stewards of this planet that he's created. But as we are reminded of last week, despite how the environment may testify against us in the way that we have or haven't followed God's ways, there are words of hope. There are words of hope and like we looked at last week, words that that God spoke to King Solomon about how things could be. Reminder of what we looked at from last week from 2 Chronicles. God says to King Solomon, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So if we will humble ourselves before God, then he will hear our cries and he will heal our land. Now, humbling ourselves before God all includes us confessing and repenting of our failings of when it comes to the environment amongst everything else. But particularly when it comes to issues relating to the environment. But humbling ourselves before God also means doing what God has told us to do. We humble ourselves, not doing our own thing, but we humble ourselves by doing what God wants us to do. So, what does God want us to do? Well, that's what today's all about. So, what, uh, we're going to be looking at some practical things that we can do to actually fulfill our stewardship responsibilities when it comes to the environment. And so what we're going to be doing, like I said last week, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. We're going to be breaking up into groups and we're going to be talking about some of the things that we can do individually and, what, and more so what we can do as a church to better help the environment. We want a whole lot of ideas. We want a whole lot of different things that we can do together to actually help the environment. Now, you don't need to be a God person you don't need to be a Christian to engage in a conversation about the environment. So these conversations are for everybody. Now, is there a group that would like to start off first? Oh, you guys like to start first. Come on, come on through. Yvonne, please, take this. All right, everybody. All right, everybody, we are going to uh, give our attention to everybody, uh, the other groups. You're giving our attention to the other groups, so, uh, so let's... Uh, thank you. Ivan? Uh,
1: to everyone in the audience and to everyone at home, hello. Uh, my name is Ivan, for those of you who don't know me. And we've got two papers here. We've got one just in general and one specifically for our church community. So first, for the general uh, ideas, we've got community gardens, so growing things like herbs and flowers as opposed to buying them from supermarkets. Um, Cooking bees uh, plus batch cooking bees. So sort of um, teaching families how to cook healthy. Uh, Instead
0: of um, going, you get a takeaway.
1: Instead of takeaway. And then we've got uh, indigenous land regeneration. So that's um, growing plants that are native to Australia as opposed to um, foreign plants, which is actually good for the ecosystem. Um, Trying not to purchase synthetic fabrics, but instead... Um, using recycled materials and uh, education classes on plants, vegetable growing, uh, beehives on the site of um, your houses, and learning how to sew and mend your own clothes instead of buying new ones. And then we've got a few church-specific ideas, specifically in the new building. Uh, First, we've got beehives on site for um, Kajigong because bees help not only pollinate um, plants, but they also um, just support the eco- the local ecosystem. Uh, we've also got a food compost bin idea. So we have a food compost bin that we put our uh, food leftovers, garden leftovers in, um, instead of just throwing them away as food waste. Uh, we've got uh, adding a dishwasher, which I presume is in the building, um, instead of having to throw away things like cups, so we can um, reuse, coffee cups, for example, or even bring your own. Um, So you can have cups with your own designs on them and we can sort of show and tell our own cups. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, same thing for our church. So we'll have our own native plant garden, uh, which is wildlife friendly for things like birds and um, even insects like bees. Um, Water tank that's made out of recycled plastic instead of metal or new plastic. Uh, Minimum lawn mowing. So this was an interesting idea um, where lawn mowing actually affects the ecosystem uh, a bit too much, just locally, but it still affects it um, because bees and other um, things that depend on the plants um, don't get the exposure that they need because the plants are cut. And then finally, we also have the children's playground on the new building made out of recycled material instead of new material. So I kind of sped through that a bit quickly, but we hope that you guys have uh, got your minds thinking.
0: Fantastic. Well
1: thank you to Greg and John for holding.
0: Thank, thanks, Yvonne. All right. Uh, oh, oh, we'll, we'll just go. Gretel, come on come on up, Gretel. We'll do that. She, she was out of the seat already, Neil. She, she's going to rip this out of my hands. So, uh, so we'll, we'll go. Yeah, thank okay. you.
2: Um, A few of them were the same, Um, plant a lot more trees on our property, um, establish that community garden which would be a good outreach as well as environmental, collect all our recyclables from home for play-based learning, so all those things that the preschoolers could use for art and craft, bring them in. Bottle recycling, if we had a little tub outside the church and everyone brought their bottles we could then bank it and put that money in the offering for missions. Um, sustainable morning teas without packaging, re-washing things, um, using recycling tubs alongside the garbage bins so that we get into the habit, good habits. When we choose that dishwasher, make sure it's a low-rating, low-power commodity product. Um, evidently, I didn't know this, someone told me that Woolworths collects soft plastic so we could collect all the bread bags and everything and take them to Woolworths, well, especially when we do those sort of bread Breakfast with lots of bags. Use as much solar and skylighting as possible for our lighting in the new builds. Um, commit to single-use plastics for everybody. So none of those plastic spoons or straws or anything that ever. Bring your own cup idea. Um, secondhand secret Santa. We do that at home where we only buy presents that you purchase from garage sales or Vinnies. So that sort of idea where you're buying secondhand. Um... Make our own engaged shopping bags that everybody can carry around so we don't use our plastics. Scraps for our compost and or worm farm. We thought the lawnmower might be a goat. <laughs> um, someone suggested a clothing swap meet where you bring your clothes and then everybody brings so many and you swap them. Um, um, that would be a good fundraiser. And invest in as much natural landscaping as possible for the reasons that Ivan explained. Excellent.
0: Brilliant! Well done. Thank you. All right. Well, why don't you why not you go and guys go next?
3: All right. Most of the ideas have already been said, but we will again rephrase them. So, first one was teach our kids very important our children about the waste and recycle education because starting from the morning have, till that night dinner time. I'm sure each one of us our, at our homes, the kids waste a lot from food, drinks, anything. So they need to be educated. Second is reduce, reuse, and recycle thing, which we most have talked about as an individual and as a church. So we need to use this principle, reduce, reuse, and recycle. Third, bring keep cups, as said before, to church for morning tea, named cups. Named cups, you don't need to introduce yourself. Everyone remembers your name, even after two weeks. Oh, sorry, I, I forgot your name. So bring your name cups. Then solar panels for the new church. I'm sure uh, this must be one of the planned ideas, but yes, recycled water tanks for the new church. Then we had one of the community compost for those with no access. So if you, some of the, like I live in an apartment, I have no access to community. Compost. So, if we can do some community compost for even for the people who do not have, they can come and take the compost and you know use it as and when. Then we have Clean Up Australia Day. All right, that was a good idea. So every time service day by the church can be organised on Australia Day as a clean up day. So a lot of stuff comes on the Australia Day. So as a community, we can contribute on cleaning up on the Australia Day. Second was, second page. Bushfire protection related to Kajigong side, now and when. You know, uh, as the uh, summers comes up and bushfire season is around, so we need to be very cautious and we need to watch out uh, on our side. It's a very bushy area. how we can avoid any such situation when we have any such situation like bushfire, you know? Then identify an ecological mission just social justice. So the partners to support, we have as a part of our wider mission suite, we can organize some mission statement for ecological purpose. And especially about the Pacific region in particular for mission partners we are, we were talking about. So we can have some mission statement, ecological mission statement for such areas. Then homemade morning morning tea instead of Packaged food, we talked about. Be mindful of the new building carbon footprints and include recycled material. So, since the planning isn't in the planning stage, we can plan it out. What best can be done about the recycled material being used on our new site and controlling the carbon footprint? Walk to the church day. How about it that we, we come in our own cars so we can plan? Anyhow, you know, it has to be very courageous adventurous <laughs> that we can plan a day where we can walk to the church. Or ride right, a bicycle. <laughs> ride right, a bicycle, yeah. Sure. And then the last we had, should we use an existing building instead of building a new building for the church? So <laughs> that was a you know that was one of the ideas that on this on Sunday this place is not used. On weekends or in the evening this place is not used. So are we up to it? So that's as a food for thought, we can yes, think about Thank it. You, Thank Neil. you. Thanks, Neil. Good stuff.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um, which group? Okay, Trevor, come on up, mate. Do you want me to hold that for you? Do you want to come and hold
4: Hi, everyone. I'm Trevor, for those of you who don't know me. So our, our group got well into discussion and, and uh, maybe didn't list as many as others.
1: <laughs> um,
4: so we broke these down into two areas. One is as a church and one is uh, as, as uh, just in our everyday lives. Um, so we also came up with uh, bringing your own coffee cup to church. I think there's a lot of people liking coffee in this church, which yeah. is great. Um, looking at uh, options for our morning tea food and drink that have less packaging, um, to understand the environmental issues, so as part of this this series that Troy has been bringing us, um, to get you know some decent knowledge and and fact uh, evidence based knowledge on the environmental issues that we face. Um, practical side is to carpool to church as one idea, because um, I can tell you from my place it's a long walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, now this is both from a church perspective and a personal perspective, but awareness of everyday decisions. So this is you know, when you choose to walk to the local shops or drive to the local shops, as Troy's said before, um, choosing the item in the supermarket that has cardboard packaging versus plastic packaging, all those tiny little decisions that you make every day, how hard to put your foot down on the accelerator when you're driving, um, those things make I guess, add up really quickly to make a big difference, <laughs> OK? Now, as uh, personal decisions, apparently, we need to eat more sardines and less tuna. <laughs> um, this is, but once again, this is more about little decisions. So apparently, <laughs> sardines have a less environmental impact on uh, than tuna. I didn't know that. Um, to compost, which speaks for itself, um, be wary of what you buy, which I was talking about before, um, sorting and recycling, um, using return and earn, um, reducing uh, things with, with um, poor packaging, and once again, keep cups for when you go out yourself.
0: Fantastic. So, thank you. Excellent. Good stuff, guys. So, is there any... That's all the groups? No yes. Fantastic. <laughs> all right, then. So, there's some fantastic ideas there, and thank you for all the contributions from that. Now, what do we do with this? Is it just a talk fest or actually going to do something? This is where I'd I'd like to say, um, maybe within the life of the church here in this room today or, or online... Um, I would really like to see a team be put together who can really champion some of these ideas. So it's not just a good ideas, but actually put it into practice. So if you have, if this series and what we've been talking about today has really struck a chord with you, I would love to be able to put a team together where we can actually champion this and see this be implemented in the life of our church. There's so some stuff we can do immediately. There's stuff that's related potentially to the Kutjagong project, which might take a little bit of time to implement and things like that. So, But if you're a type of person who who feels really passionate about the environment, about some of the things about doing here and how we go about implementing it, then I would love to hear from you. I would love to have have our own environment team to be able to make sure that what we can do as a church is as most as we possibly can, as well as maybe some encouraging some of the individual stuff. It's making sure, at least as a church, that we are doing all that we can together. So if that's you, then please come and talk to me about that, be it after the service or drop me an email, or we can arrange a time later on. So online... um or in the room, please. Would love to hear with you, hear from you. Would love to put a lot of that stuff into practice. So we just didn't talk about it. We actually do something about it. So if that's you, then that's great. Um, We'd love to wrap this up uh, um, now, as as Clive and Max um, bring us to uh, bring the service to a close. But I would love somebody else, other than the person who bangs on every week, to actually come and close in prayer for us about all the stuff we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. Would someone like to come and? and pray for the stuff that God may have laid on your heart today, or just in general about this. Would someone like to just close in prayer for us this particular segment? Not the service, but just this segment about the environment. Would someone like to do that?
1: Uh, Lord Heavenly Father, Lord, you are so wise and so good that even in this world where everything is breaking, everything is falling apart, you still put the desire in um, churches and, and just people in general, Lord, to steward and protect the creation that you have delegated for us to protect. Um, Lord, we thank you for these ideas. We thank you that you have given us, Lord, so many brilliant things that we could do to help uh, preserve our environment. Um, Lord, thank you for the individual people, Lord, who um, spoke, these ideas um, into the groups. And um, thank you for whoever will champion the environment team um, of this church and uh, whatever plans um, may progress from that team being formed. And Lord, we just pray that you, um, you give guidance, not just to the environment team, but to everyone, um, both here in the congregation and online, uh, to just make everyday decisions that will slowly but surely um, help preserve, Lord, this beautiful creation that you have made for us to enjoy and revel in and see your glory and goodness in, Lord. Lord, it says in your word that there is no excuse um, for all of creation shows your qualities, your wonderful qualities, Lord. So, Lord, help us to preserve this obvious and vast sign of the wonder and glory that you shower over us every day. In Jesus' name, amen.